One of the things that is absolutely key, I think is self-care during that process because it will beat you up mentally and then affect you physically. And I did go through that. I lost a lot of weight. The depression, you know, just changed my, just my mindset in general. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me, and I am your host, Angelica. This is the podcast that talks about a little bit of everything, so sit back and enjoy the show. And welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. Today, my guest is the founder and author of Awaken Woman. And welcome, Yvette, to the show. How are you doing today? Hello, Angelica. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I am doing great. And I'm so excited to talk about everything that you've done and the, 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 the process behind of Awaken Woman. So please introduce yourself to my listeners. So I am Yvette Bowden, as you said, the founder and author of Awakened Woman. I created this platform after a really painful divorce that triggered a depression um, and just started me on a journey to figuring out who I was as an individual. Because when you're in a marriage or a relationship, I think a lot of times we lose ourselves and you know, I went on this journey after this divorce and depression, and I realized that a lot of women go through the same exact experience. So I wanted to share my stories and, you know, inspire other women and give them, you know, sort of um, hope that, you know, we can create the lives that we want. We don't have to always give up our identity or our dreams to do the things that um, you know, we want or are meant to do. Well, thank you for creating that because I cannot imagine going through a divorce and I've heard others, even family members who've gone through divorce and I'm just like, what a process, you know? And unfortunately people do change and sometimes you change yourself that you're just like, why am I in it for? And, you know, you start to second guess and everything, but you have to do what's best for yourself to do that. But then there's that after effect that comes after that you're like, wow, it's hitting me like someone died. Yeah. You know, and I oh, hear that no. a lot. Absolutely. I do believe that. And I wrote a little bit about this in my book. When you get divorced, you are, you are losing something. You're losing the life that you've known, you know, whether it's five, 10, 20, 30 years, you're losing that life. You're losing that identity. So I think you do grieve it. And, you know, I wrote in my book about how I went through the denial, the, um, I don't remember all the steps right now, but the anger, um, and then coming out on the other side of that and accepting it. And that's really tough. And again, I seen it through a family member of mine. I was just like, I don't know how you did it. Like, it's just, I know there was a horrible reason behind it. And it wasn't that she was, you know, she did it for herself. It was more because 
something bad happened and then all of a sudden you're kind of stuck like why do I want to be with this person if they're going to keep doing it again and over and over again like what happened to that long-lasting marriage and being together forever even though we've been together for 10-15 years and all of a sudden it's gone and it sucks to see actually two of them go through the same thing and I'm thinking you put so much effort emotionally mentally everything and you dedicated your life to these like your other half and all of a sudden this happens to you so they were forced to just let them go and it sucks it's it's really painful and you know I I read so much before, you know, I um, finished writing the book and I read about some really horrible stories. And I listed a few of those stories in the book because I think people need to understand it can be incredibly painful. And I think it, it debilitates you mentally, physically. It can really just destroy you if you allow it. Because I think at some point when you come to that acceptance, when you are finally in a place of forgiveness, you might even see reasons why, you know, a divorce took place. Mm -hmm. Definitely for sure. And is is this where you started Awaken Woman? Yes. So, you know, I went through this whole painful process. Um, The divorce triggered a depression and that was extremely painful and i had to figure out not only you know to find my place quote unquote in the world after divorce but now i had to crawl out out of a depression and that was um it was really painful and i started writing and you know i wrote stories i wrote articles and you know i sort of came to this moment where i thought you know, how many women are going through this, you know, same experience at this time? Divorces usually toggles between, I think, 50 and 51%, or I think 49 and 51%. So I know there were women all over the world going through the same thing. I was lucky that I was able to see a therapist. I had a support group. You know, I had resources, but there are many women that don't have that. So you know, AW, Awakened Woman, is a place where, you know, you can go and read other women's experiences, read my experience, and hopefully connect with something that will help give you hope or inspire you to get out of that dark place. Because you can go to a dark place during any painful time, I think. You trying to build an empire and a legacy to leave behind and especially if you do have children you know what are you teaching them you know how do we make those conversations which is really difficult especially if something horrendous happened like I can say for example cheating like you know how do you teach them and how do you make it seem like because it kind of sucks like I can you see it on tv too when it happens when you know they get divorced on tv and then it's because of cheating one or the other does it but then how do you explain that to your kids like you know why are you guys separating and it's like well we don't love each other anymore and that's what you see you, you can't tell them well mom or dad decided to sleep around because you know as much as you hold in that anger you want to tell them the truth but you know we see it on tv where they just say well we don't love each other anymore yeah it's um it's a really difficult um, situation because I think, you know, 
telling your child, and my daughter was very young when we got divorced. I think, A, you have to be honest, but you also have to limit, you know, what you tell them. It's not that, you know, you're going to lie to them, but, you know, you might say something like, we grew apart and probably a five or six year old doesn't understand that. I'm pretty sure. So, you know, you have to keep it simple. Um, you know, mom and dad love each other, but they just can't be together anymore. And I think there's just a time and place for everything. And, you know, the effect that divorce has on children, I think the age is a big factor. You know, when you have teenagers, it's probably a lot harder when they're smaller. I think you can simplify things. So I think every situation is so different um, from divorce to divorce. And I'm glad you're, you have these resources to help other women, like you mentioned before, because again, it must be tough, like where you're going through all the legal standpoint and like the battle and the money. And it's just, you know, you forget, like you have to invest in yourself too during this process. Like you said, like, it's so much that you go through and, you know, it sucks to just, you know, you're dealing with legal, you're dealing with everything else and you're trying to split everything in half. That's if you choose to, but then, you know, we lose ourselves at the same time because it's, it's stressful. It's emotionally draining. I think I'm, I, you know, I'm really happy that you pointed that out. One of the things that is absolutely key, I think is self-care during that process because it will beat you up mentally and then affect you physically. And I did go through that. I lost a lot of weight. The depression, you know, just changed my, just my mindset in general. And I, you know, I went through the weight loss, the not eating, you know, I probably drank a little too much wine at the time. Um, so I think it's really key to make sure that you are kind to yourself, you know, eat right, exercise, walk, find that support group if you can't, you know, go see a therapist. But I think you need to use whatever resources you have to make sure that you have some sort of outlet because self-care is, that's what's gonna sort of um, be the vehicle to your well-being. Seems like you were able to build your legacy and your empire with helping people too as well. And, you know, with your book and everything, let's talk about the positive and focus on that because I feel like a lot of people, whoever's listening out there and is going through or gone through this experience, we need to reinvent. And we need to, again, if, for example, you mentioned you have a daughter. Now, what can we do to show women to women, hey, we can be powerful even with being our own self. We don't need someone else to, to carry us along. We don't need someone. I've grown up as Latina family, but my parents were very teaching. They taught me independency. Like, don't depend on a man for this, this, and that. No matter if you're married or not, you, you are your own person. You are the person that creates your own legacy and your own empire. If the man wants to do his own thing, that's great. But you need to build something for yourself to have something for your children and obviously for each other, but it's mainly for yourself. They always implemented that to me because they always say, God forbid something were to happen between us. You've got something to fall onto, or, you know, at least, you know, that reassurance that I'm okay, you know, see you later type of deal. So let's talk about the reinvention of you. That is incredibly amazing advice. And, 
you know, my mother raised me the same way. She, um, you know, one of the things she told me, and I wrote about it in the book, she always told me no matter who you're with, whether you're married or in a relationship, living with someone, she said, always have that, you know, what did they call it? Um, like a nest, like a little, you know, financial, you know, like, they used to I, tell I me the it, safety net. <laughs> yes. Well, she called it <laughs> just in case shit happens account. That's what she called yeah. it. Because, <laughs> because you just never know, you know, as women, we, you know, once we have a family, we start having children. We are primarily responsible for that child or the, you know, those children. And sad to say, men can walk away at any point not that they all do but they can and it's less likely that you know we're we're just nurtured and we're trained to be caretakers so we have to make sure that we protect ourselves and you know we are smart financially and we educate ourselves that is incredibly important and that is what i'm leaving my daughter with that is how i'm raising her because she needs to be self-sufficient. It's, I think it's, it's a, she has to protect herself as well. And there's nothing wrong for those listening. Don't take us the wrong way, but you know, you, you need to prepare yourself for the worst case scenario. Like they don't need to know, like I even have a separate life insurance. I have a separate um, bank account because you just don't know what's going to happen. And at least, you know, being able to say, yeah, let's walk out of this you know, I'm going to be okay. I don't need you. Like, uh, you know, what's so empowering. I tell you from my family members, they're both women who were um, divorced. They decided because, you know, it's crazy how the lawyer says, so what do you want to take away from this? Mm -hmm. Do you want to take everything that's theirs? Like, do you want to take all of it? That's his, do you want the car? Do you want the house? Do you want this? They're like, no, I just want to walk away. I don't want to take nothing from them. That's what they both said. They both said the same thing. I don't want anything from them. I just want to walk away with that piece of paper saying that I'm divorced and that's it. And I said, wow, power to you. Because, you know, some people will say, I want them to just, you know, scrape. I want to scrape every single bit of what they have. So to hear that from my family members, both of them that went through the same similar situation, I just said, wow, power. That's empowerment right there. Because you know that, you have a great job. You have something already set up for yourself and you're deciding to walk out with nothing. I'm that's amazing. Like that's for me, it, it to hear that from them, I was so proud, but also that's so empowering because, you know, they're just telling themselves I'm ready for this. I got what it takes. I met during my journey, I spoke to a woman who was going through domestic abuse. And, you know, I, I sent her the resources. Um, you know, I told her, you have children, you have to leave. And you know what she said? She said, I can't, I have no job. I have no money. I can't go anywhere. And, you know, my heart went out to her because we need to be able to um, take care of ourselves. Whether or not, you know, we come in, we go into this contract of marriage. At the end of the day, I think one of the things that I, I've, under, I've learned to understand is that 
marriage is beautiful. It's, you know, the whole idea about spending the rest of your life with someone, that romantic celebration, the, the dress, all that is amazing. But you are entering into a contract with someone else. Your credit score will be affected by whatever this person does financially. Your home will be something that both of you will contribute to. And, you know, if you get divorced, that is an asset. And I'm not a lawyer, but I know these things from experience. So, you know, it's, it's beautiful to be in love. I love love. But it's also good to give yourself that reality check. You have to make sure that you take care of yourself too. That's so heartbreaking with that example that you gave. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh. Like, and it sucks when you don't have family members to help you out too, on top of that. And it's just heartbreaking even more. Cause then you can't escape. Cause at least you got some extra help that where you can be like, I'm going to apply for this job and hopefully start working soon, et cetera, et cetera. But when you got nowhere else to go, it's like, what do you do? It's, it's, it's heartbreaking to hear what that person is going through and having kids involved with that. And I, I can't, I'm just like blown away and it, it's, it really yeah. sucks. I know. I think that's why, you know, having these resources like your podcast and my platform, um, it's important because, you know, you're empowering other women to think differently or even sharing a different perspective can help someone. Definitely for sure. And, you know, it, I love how a lot of people now are sharing a lot of resources like yourself and creating these groups on Facebook just to provide links in here. Where this is what you can do or how you can help. I even heard from uh, somebody who doesn't work either, but they get an allowance. And I hate to say that, like they get an allowance from their spouse. And, and you hear that word a lot though. And I don't know how else to say it, but what this person would do was take that money and split it in half and said, you know, I don't need clothes. I don't need anything. You know, yeah, okay, I'll probably get my nails done for vacation or uh, whatever the case may be. I have that money, but they would take that other half and put it in an account, which, you know, it's yours. You don't know what to do with it. They put it in an account because they said, you just never know. And I'm just like, you know, that's smart. Even though you're not working because yeah. your your work now is at home taking care of the family, the household, and the kids. Hey, at least it's something better than nothing. And it's tough. Like it's it just sucks. Like when as soon as you said that story, and like my mind's going in crazy. Like, how could I help this person? I know. I know. It's and there's a lot of stories, you know, that are very similar. Wow. That's crazy. And I can imagine, especially when you see all of this on the news and daytime television, because now I'm a I'm at home from maternity leave and I'm just like, I can't believe this. Like it's, it's full of these stories and you're just like, I just yeah. want to keep helping people. I just want to keep helping, but you can't, you're just one person. And all you can do is leave resources and how to somehow, you know, help them in some sort of way. Exactly. I think one of the things that you know we are doing is sharing these stories. I mean, these women feel alone and by sharing our stories, you know, it's something hopefully will click and they'll feel like they can do it and, you know, they can get out of bad situations. Have you decided to start a podcast? 
or do you have one already? I, I did. I started a podcast. Tell me um, about it because I'm pretty sure it's helping a ton of women at this point. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting. So the podcast is, um, you know, I, AW is about women for women and I don't want to leave men out. I think men also have a point of view. They have a perspective. So the podcast is actually male and female perspectives. And I've had, you know, all different types of people. um, And I think we're in the ninth episode, but I had um, an actor from CW's All American. He came on and I interviewed him about, you know, dreaming, dreaming big. You know, we always hear the women talk about dreaming big, but I wanted to hear it from a man. And, you know, he talks about wellness. And then I had um, an Emmy Award winning comedian who came on and he talked about relationships and, you know, how men and women, you know, play games. And we also talked about mental health. He was super honest about, you know, how depression feels and I was I connected with him because I think thankfully now we're in a place where we're being more open about it yeah it happens you know a lot of people are undiagnosed and they're going through this pain without help so this comedian we talked you know we talked about the depression and he's super open about it and he's a comedian which is you know you wouldn't think you see him on stage he's super funny (laughs) but he go he has his days So, you know, I had a beauty expert on. So one of the things that I want to do with the podcast is because the stories on AW are, you know, so sometimes they're intense, um, but they're always they have a serious tone to them. The podcast is meant to educate, but also entertain. I want people to sometimes maybe, uh, you know, on the podcast, we'll have someone who's really funny and, you know, we'll talk about certain things, but maybe not give it such a serious tone. I have so many guests coming up. I had um, Nikki Boyer, who's the host of the Dying for Sex podcast. Mm. We had a girl chat and (laughs) it's one of the most played podcasts because, you know, we talk about her friend Molly and, how dying for sex came up. So I just want, you know, I want to talk about the curious. I want to talk about the things that nobody wants to talk about. Um, I will be taking on some serious topics. Um, We'll be talking about intimacy, about sexual abuse, um, and just, and we'll have a lot of positive episodes. So I'm really excited about this because it gives me a chance to sort of talk about everything and not just one topic. That's awesome. And you know, I know with the podcast, it could be, well, my name is a little bit of everything. So it's like, I like to include everything and I want people to get a different perspective. And also like you mentioned, like, you know, I majority of my guests are men, but then I also have women too, but you know, I love getting different backgrounds. Like I can have like 10 relationship coaches, but everyone does it differently. You know, people who are, um, a life coach, they have different tactics in the way they help other people, you know, people who are authors who write. So it's fascinating. I love hearing everyone's story because everyone started from somewhere. And then you talk about clients and everything. (laughs) 
I love that title though. A little bit about everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little bit of everything. We just chat. And then the conversations are like that, where, you know, we start from one end, we go into another and we go to another, but at least you got to know the person um, who is speaking. And it's not just because, you know, you, yeah, you, you founded, you're an author, but then, you know, we could talk about other things. Like right now you have a podcast that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> So it's called the AW Confidential Podcast. And I chose that name because it's everything. It's really about anything and everything and nothing is confidential. So that's why I gave it that name. Um, I'm releasing um, an episode soon and it's going to be amazing. It's talking about not feeling like you're not enough. Mm. And it is powerful it is with a well-known um, actress, and we really get into that topic, and it is such a special uh, episode, and I'm really happy about it. Wow, that's amazing. You're getting yeah. all these people, like, especially in the entertainment industry, and, you know, seeing these names again pop in, and especially on your podcast, that's yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And, you know, and and the reason that I'm doing it this way is because you know, we look at celebrities, we look at, you know, these CEOs, people with a lot of influence and money, and we think, wow, they have it all. They have everything. And the truth is, they're human, just like you and me, and they go through their own stuff. And that's what I want to talk about. That's the you're absolutely right. And especially people who I've interviewed who are like six, seven, eight figures, and you're just like, well, when you ask the question, how they got started, they really connect and they go deep into it. Like I've had people who, you know, went bankrupt like four times, almost lost their family in their home. And then all of a sudden this fifth idea comes along and it's like, boom, it exploded. You know, they're back on track. Life is great. They're traveling all over the world and houses here, houses there. And you're just like, wow. Like to hear the hard truth, what everyone goes through is what's empowering and motivating to others and, and it connects us yeah it does it, connects us. it really yeah, does and, it, and it, i feel like every person that i listen to even for yourself like you know feeling empowered and creating your own legacy and empire that's what i'm trying to do for myself and it's like it motivates me even more because you also sometimes like the literalist thing that can bother you and then you're just like no people are out there even worse than what i am so why am i dwelling on this little situation that it can be easily avoided or fixable. And my mom always tells me like the little things you need to stop stressing about. She lives a stress-free life. She's retired now. And she's just like, I don't care. <laughs> I love that. I can't, I can't wait for that moment. I, I mean, you know, it, it really is all about mindset. I, you know, I went through this divorce, that depression, and I was in a very dark place. And things happen. I mean, even in my current life, things happen. But I think, you know, after going through all that pain, you know, now it's sort of like, you know what, things are going to happen. We're going, I know for me, I'm going to have pain. But now I embrace it because I know whatever pain I'm going through in this moment, it's preparing me for that next phase in my life. And I think, once you change that shift, that mindset, I think things can change in your life. I really do, because that's what I'm doing. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And what whatever you're doing is definitely empowering your daughter and to look up to you as a, you know, as a woman and a leader and giving her an open, uh, how do they say an open lens of your life and how you were able to grow and be yourself again, because it's crazy. Like even when I got sick, my poor child seeing the look on his face, even at five months, I was just like, wow, like he's hurting because I used to be there 24 seven for him. But then I got knocked down with COVID and with the surgery. You can sense like the poor guy's just like, he even lost a little bit of weight because I felt like he was just so worried about me. And it, it, you see it in his eyes and you see it like the way he is. Every time I carried him, whenever I could, he was just like the happiest kid in the world. And it made right. me feel so sad that you're just like, oh my gosh, I never thought I would ever have this connection. Like, you know, it's so weird. And especially at five months and, uh, you know, whatever you teach your kids, whatever you do for your children, they're going to see that. And I've seen it with my parents mm. too. It's like they immigrated to a country of Canada, you know, they had a tough journey and it's like, I hate to make, to make them feel disappointed. Like, so I take advantage of these opportunities. Like they tell me to, because we're in the land of opportunities here. Right. So, you know, I want to do something good for my son and be able to teach him like, you know, women empowerment too, and be respectful and all the teachings. Cause I'm also in construction and it's, you know, you've seen that stigma. So it's like, I want to teach him that, Hey, this is a normal thing. Like, don't let anybody else tell you that it isn't. So (laughs) they they really do learn from what you do. I know there's, you know, we always hear that, Oh, you know, our children learn from us. And it's really interesting you mentioned my daughter because I she's in college and she called me today and, you know, she calls me once a week and we'll just shoot the breeze for like two hours. And she says, oh, mom, by the way, I listened to three of the episodes of the podcast and I <laughs> and she says, you know what? I know I'm only 19, but I learned something from every episode that I listened to and I loved how honest you and your guests were because you know it helped me I was like wow okay this is good this is good and you know they do learn from you they for sure (laughs) like uh, that's I would be crying on the phone like oh my god you listen (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny because as you were you know you started talking about our children my I literally my eyes got watery because I know that she sees what I'm doing and I want to make her proud. She is an incredible young lady. And, you know, if I had her wisdom at 19, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look at other kids, like my, my, my brother's uh, stepson, he's like six, but this child's mind, like he's got an old soul. Like one day he, like I was singing a song that comes out of my son's piano that says like, uh, the animals play all day. And I kept repeating it to him and he's like, and he's like, he's so smart for his age. He's just like, how can animals play all day? If they need to eat, they need to do this. And I'm thinking, you're overthinking it. I'm just singing a song, stop. I love that. (laughs) And it's like, you're five years old, six, I think he is. And I'm just like, how do you think like that at six? You know, so you know, I learned from him a lot too because I'm just like, wow, like I can have a well, like a conversation and you're six years old and you're listening to me. <laughs> this the you know, it's interesting. The kids now, 
they're so different from, let's say, you know, when we were five, <laughs> because I, when I was going through, I'm going to try to tell you the story without crying, but when I was in, you know, my depression and I was in a very dark place, I remember I used to spend Saturdays and Sundays in bed, shut, you know, the windows, uh, the curtains closed and one, my, so my daughter spent weekends with her father because we co-parent and there was one Saturday she stayed with me instead of him because he was going to an event and she came into my room at like, I think it must've been mid, uh, midday. It was about noon and I can always visualize it, but she walks in and she says, mommy, mommy, get up, please just get up, open the curtains. And I could honestly tell you that that was the moment that changed me. I knew that I had to get out of that dark place. I had to find a therapist. Um, But what she was able to do for me at, I think she was five or six, um, you know, they, they are definitely a lot wiser now than, you know, when we were kids. It's crazy. You're, you're right. And I look back when I'm like five and six and I'm just like, in your own world, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, I met so much youth entrepreneurs, especially in my community, like kids who started a business at six, creating buttons and magnets. Uh, Another one doing like molded crayons and different designs at the age of 10. Another one doing candles at 12. And I'm like, one selling crystals at 13. And I'm thinking, when I was 10, I was looking for that colorful pen that everyone wanted. in all fairness, we were, I think there was a lot more innocence. It, yeah. It's completely different now. Yeah. Um, so I think as times change, the way we raise our children, you know, also has to be modified. Um, but I wouldn't give up, you know, the, the time, you know, that I was raised in. I, I think it's a lot harder to be young right now. Oh, definitely. And, and, you know, like the show, um, uh, what's that show called? That was on Netflix. It's funny. I recapped Euphoria? it. Euphoria? No, Euphoria? the other one. Wow. I did it on my podcast and I totally forgot what it's called now. The, the high school kids and they talk about, they really did the social issues of it with suicide and everything. Oh my gosh. What is it called? What is it called? Wow, I don't remember what it's called again. Um, oh, no, the other one is HBO on Netflix. This one's on Netflix. Wow, for some reason, <sighs> I just drew a blank on the show and we recapped it so many times. <laughs> oh my gosh, there was three seasons of it. Now, my the problem is it's not gonna, I need to find it. Um, 13 um, Reasons. On Net- oh, I didn't watch that. I just heard it was, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, it's, it's really hard to watch. And and I understood, but the thing was, um, it's hard to live, to be a child in these times, especially when all this is happening, but it's crazy. Cause when I look back in, um, high school, there was a little bit of those social issues, but it was, you were able to control it because the school system was more, okay, we got to crack down what's happening to a certain extent, but then some people wouldn't speak up. Yeah. And now I feel like because, you know, freedom of speech and social media and, 
you know, it's a lot harder to have kids now because I remember <laughs> and and cameras, phone yes, cameras. <laughs> social media is a big thing. Like, you know, how do yeah. you control that? And as they get older, you know, they want to become TikTokers, they want to become influencers, and you're just like. Yeah. like that that's where i'm like oh my gosh he's only five months but then technology is so advanced like how am i going to keep up with that and and try to educate them to use them as educational stuff opposed to let's post a video on tiktok because everyone's doing it you know what i mean <laughs> i know and unfortunately social media is something that we can't control so the best thing we can do is you know try to raise our kids with values and it's hard it's hard i would you know i would be concerned um you know raising a child now is just not easy you have you know teenagers now and it's how how difficult it is and i hear so many teenager stories how they don't want to go in school because of bullying and everything and i'm just like that's tough because you know i went through that too as well and many others but I guess it was different. Like you, like you said, it's like, we got technology, we got everything. And it's just, it's too much. It's too much. And yeah. you know, where do you, where do you control it? But all I can say is. And the other, and, and I think, you know, the other thing that's good to mention is we used to talk. Yeah. Now we, <laughs> we barely talk nowadays. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so... try to keep that open conversation with your child because even even though I was very shy and it was hard to talk to my parents because you were always scared to screw up all the time. And if you get in trouble, you're just like, <gasps> something's going to happen to me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I dreaded those moments where you broke something or you, they heard something from school that happened. You're just like, I remember. And I always say this, my mom, she's Dominican. All she had to do was give me those eyes, that look, I knew I was in trouble. She didn't have to say a word from like across the room. She gave me those eyes. I was like, oh man. When yeah. I get home. <laughs> you knew, you knew like the, the, the chinella was coming to your face already before, like, you know, those eyes, like she's already giving it to you. Right. <laughs> I but know that now, look. <laughs> but then, you know, now you know how it is. It's like called child services and, you know, you can't do anything as a parent. And it's tough so, because they teach that in school now that if you feel like you're unsafe at home, then you need to call somebody. You need to call child services or the police. And I'm like, but I don't know, like <laughs> I like I, I and I'm pretty sure you were raised the same way. But that respect. Can't you, you just it was you couldn't break it, No, you know, and I think that's lost. Mm -hmm. I, I believe it, too, because even um I see it. I see it. And it makes me sad. Like, you know, for instance, a child doesn't say hi to people because they don't want to, they don't, they're, yeah. or I hear the, the phrase, oh yeah, you know, it's not their nature to say hi. Oh, okay. So how do we correct that matter? Because as they get older, the respect is called a respectful thing to do. Right. And yeah. that's where I feel like some of the kids I've seen that do that. I'm just like, okay. So like, and you look back when I was a kid and going into someone's home, the first thing my Good parents, morning. exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you for what having us over. I remember my mom would say, if you walk into a room, 
you say, you know, good morning, good afternoon, whatever. But, you know, because sometimes you're in a room and you, you sort of, you don't say a word, I guess. But she always told me when you walk into a room, it's your, you know, out of respect, you should just say hello. Yeah. And I guess I, I just grew up with it and it never left. Well, you know, I feel like back in the day, like, again, we were scared. If we didn't say hello, you knew what was coming, right? <laughs> you touch something in the store, you knew what was coming. So oh, wait. It, it's those you eyes. Or like, you went to, like, you know, visit friends or family. You knew you can't get up from the couch unless, you know, I give you that okay. But now oh, everything's yeah. changed. Everything's, everything's changed. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I don't mm -hmm. even know. How am I going to navigate? But I hope the old school teachings can go on to my son and hopefully hope for the best and not get a tantrum or no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, I mean, I do believe a lot of it comes from the upbringing yeah. and I know they learn a lot of things in school, but that's where you'll step in and, you know, you figure out what the best course of discipline is. Yeah, it's true. And I'm going to tell you a story. I had a friend, um, who, you know, she was trying to discipline her children in a way of like, okay, there's time out, there's this, there's that, and they weren't behaving. And they said, I will call child services. And she says, okay, then do it. <laughs> I'm waiting. And she's, she said, if you call, there's no more birthdays. There's no more gifts. There's no more fancy trips. There's no parks. There's no ice cream. There's no nothing. Like she listed everything. You're not going to see your dog. You're not going to see me or your dad or everything. Like all the important things that they thought it was important to them. And you know what they said? We won't call. <laughs> well, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of parents that are just afraid. They're afraid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, there's some situations where you use that to call because, you know, either one of them is in trouble, which, you know, why not? But again, it's like going back to the basics again, like, no. look at us, we turned out okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> you know, and I passed that on to my daughter, which yeah. you can pass it on. You can. You can. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> Now that she's in college, because I'm like, oh my gosh, she was so small. And I'm trying to figure out the, like the, no. the time and the age. And I'm like, you Knock know, I, Yvette, you're very young. So you got me confused. <laughs> I'm like, is she like seven now? And you're like, oh, she's in college. I'm like, what? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I think she's super but young. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. No, I, I hear that often, but I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, yes, she is still she's my kid. She's, you know, I, I think I, her, and to her father's credit, he's also, we co-parent and, you know, we always agree on how we wanted to raise her. And I think that's been huge because even though we're divorced, we can still, you know, um, just give her the right uh, advice and the right upbringing. And that's, you know, to his credit as well. That's good. That's great. And I'm glad you're able to co-parent because I heard horror stories and I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, that's I know. I've heard very some unfortunate. Too. And it takes time. It takes, yeah. you know, it took us years to get to, a, you know, a place where we could, you know, continue to be friends. Yeah. And one of the things I think that has helped is that 
we always put her first. Even if we didn't agree with, you know, him and I as an adult, we always put her first. And, you know, I think about when you get divorced, it's really, and every situation is different, but you, you know, have to try and think about what was it about that person that I fell in love with? Like, find something. I know sometimes it's impossible, but find something that, you know, brings you back to that kind and great graceful place. Although there's some divorces that that's just not possible. Mm -hmm. We were lucky. I mean, we're still friends. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we go out to dinner together with his family and my daughter and um, I'm grateful. I really am. That's, that's, I'm happy to hear that. I really am. Cause again, you hear these horror stories and you're just like, oh my gosh, but to be able to co-parent mm-hmm. and really put your daughter first is amazing. And, you know, have this, the family still be together, but Hey, it's cordial. We're just here for, you know, our daughter and that's it. Cause you know, they've, she's got family on both sides and, you yeah. know, there's obviously occasions that happen we have to come together and be supportive. So no, that's fantastic. Girl, and I'm glad especially when Thank you. You know, especially when she got to her sweet 16. Whew, it's um, it was definitely a celebration of her. So thank you for that. <laughs> she didn't do a quinceanera? <laughs> no, uh, we do 16. Oh, you guys do. You guys do the sweet 16. Well, yeah. I didn't. I didn't really have one. I had three options. It was either go on a trip. Uh, and go on a getaway with three friends, a diamond ring or a car. So girl, those are pretty good options. So I got, <laughs> so I ended up picking the car. <laughs> what? Okay. Well, I mean, I guess if you took the trip, you'd have your memories, but then you got back and you wouldn't have anything exactly. tangible. <laughs> yeah. And if I got I'm a diamond ring. I'm thinking like a ring, 16. Yeah. <laughs> if I pick the diamond ring, it's like, I'm never going to wear it so right i'm not a jewelry type. i love bling bling but i don't wear it because it's just it's too valuable <laughs> you know what yeah, i mean then there's no point no exactly point. so i got the card and you know i got it when i was in grade 11 and um or the americans say the 11th grade <laughs> and- that's what i say <laughs> I have a co-host who's American who does some of the reality. She's like, oh, you guys say the grade 11? I said, yeah, that's what we say. So I've learned how to like switch things around. (laughs) So yeah, I got the car and it lasted me like a good three years. And you know, it was great. It was one of my favorite. It was an old truck though. Cause I said, I wanted a truck and um, I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. This is where they got me. They said, okay, you want a truck? We'll give you a truck. So I was like, oh, I'm so excited. So they got me a 1991 Toyota Forerunner. And at the time when I got it, it was probably 2007 or 2006. You can imagine how old that thing is. They said, well, you, now that you, you know, you're working part-time, you got to pay for the gas. And I'm like, okay. You're lucky you didn't pay for the insurance. No, because if we put under my mom's, it was like 40 bucks because the car was just old. They wouldn't insure it and everything. So I was like, whatever. <laughs> and the gas was like 70 bucks. And I'm thinking, damn, like that's like half my paycheck. <laughs> so then you start to oh. learn because they wanted it. The, they, they said, oh, you want it? Sure, we'll give it to you. But you got to learn what it takes to take care of it. So that's that's fair. 
That's that was fair. the other side of that, which I was like, you know, at least I got the car. <laughs> and you learned how to pay the bills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was worth it. <laughs> well, Levette, this has been such a fun conversation. Of course, at the beginning, it was a lot of emotion. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much happening, but it's a little bit of everything. <laughs> yes. Yes. I loved it. We touched up on so many different topics. You're right. Yeah, we did. And please tell my listeners where they can find you. Well, they can go to my platform, awakened-woman.com, or check out my podcast, which is the AW Confidential Podcast on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. And Instagram, I am Woman Awakened. Twitter, Woman Awakened. And of course, my YouTube channel as well, the AW Confidential Podcast. YouTube channel. Perfect. That's a lot. To all my listeners out there, Yvette's information is going to be in the show notes. Definitely check her out. Go out there and support her. And thank you so much for tuning in. And that's all we have for now. Thank you. Thank you so much, Angelica. <laughs> thank you. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy, Bromar, host of The Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queenpin from the CQP Moments Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Ken, a.k.a. The Gentleman of The Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And you're listening to to a little little bit of everything everything with Angelica. That's it for now. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of a little bit of everything with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to.